You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So as we transition to the message time, I want to share a message today that I feel like the Lord has really put on my heart about hope rediscovered. You know, I uh, think about things that we're going through today, and it's a very trying time for all of us in, in some ways. We're, we're being asked questions. We're being uh, put on the spot on things we've never had to deal with before. And it's a very trying time. It's a very scary time. It's a very uh, uh, time of, of great worry and concern. But I want to share an encouraging message for you today because I believe there's a reason for us to still hope. Amen? We should still be hopeful. And we are not called to live in fear. And I always know that when I'm, I'm hearing from the Lord, because I usually go through this for like two weeks before my wife's over there saying, man, I wish you'd just teach this message and get over with it. Because, you know, it's like this has been the worst two weeks of his life, you know. And so I know that I'm, I'm hearing from God whenever I, I come across these things because of the enemy and how, the, how I go through things um, personally. But uh, I wanted to open up with a scripture this morning, Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that this revelation, this uh, revelation that you had given Peter is that you are our rock, that you are our solid foundation that we can trust upon and we can rely on no matter what happens in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that even through our trying times and through the, the, the discouraging or, or uh, encouraging situations that we face on a daily basis, Lord, that you are there with us. And that you are always our rock and our firm foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, as you know, if you've known me now, I've preached a few times. So turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is my rock. Come on. Jesus is my rock. We need to come to the same conclusion that Jesus, uh, that Peter had about Jesus here, don't we? That Jesus is ultimately our rock. Now, this was a revelation that, that God had given Peter, but yet it was a revelation that Jesus was the foundation of everything that was to come. I don't care what we're going through in our society right now. I don't care what we're going through in the world right now. Jesus is the one who holds the hope rediscovered in his hands. Apart from relationship with Jesus, there is no hope. Isn't that true? We know that as believers. But apart from Jesus, there is no hope. Now, let me, let me share a couple of facts with you about things that are going on today that I, as I see them and as I feel like the Lord has shared with me 
and I see this happening and, and, and others sharing this too, but there's a couple of things that are happening in our society today. Number one, there is a direct attack against hope. Have you been discouraged? Have you felt a little depressed about the news? How many get tired of watching the news? I finally just click the news off. You know, it's like, okay, enough. I don't care what side of the news you're listening to. I don't care what platform you're listening to. It's like, okay, news, enough. Because there is an attack against our hope. And it's a massive proportion. It's not just some small thing. It's a massive thing that's, a, that's coming. And, and it gets us even sometimes, even if, if, even if we're experienced believers, to start questioning, God, where are you in this situation? Come on. We've been praying, we've fasted, we've sought you, but where are you in this situation? So there is a, a direct attack against hope. The second thing that there is, that there is a, a attack on, and I believe this personally, is there is a spirit of division that is being unleashed on all today. And you say, well, how do you, how do you say that, Matt? Well, first of all, let me say this. Division means this, two visions. The word die there means two. I don't know if you've been married very long, if you have, if, for those of you who have been married, but if you have two visions, it's not a good thing. You need to have one vision. You may have two separate personalities, but you've got to come together in one direction. So let me share a few things that are causing division. And I'm not going to go into these in depth because it's a, it's a delicate situation in many of these, but Christian versus non-Christian is a division that's in society. What about uh, pro-choice, abortion rights? Pro-choice, pro-abortion, uh, 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 pro-child, pro-rights for the child. It's a, it's a division that's out there, isn't it? Here's one that we've, we've seen for years. Black versus white. Latino versus white. Race versus white. Race versus other races. Inter-race issues, it doesn't matter trying to separate us based on the color of skin or ethnicity. Here's one that we probably know a lot about now for those of us who watch the news occasionally. Republican versus Democrat. <sighs> Liberal versus conservative. Now we have a new one to deal with, don't we? Vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, masks versus no masks. Um, Mandate versus choice. It's, it's continually causing division. And I'm not talking about whether the issue is important or not because they all are important. But what I'm saying is in the context of the Christian community, it's causing a spirit of division. You're on this camp, I'm on this side. And guess what? It's causing disunity because you can't have two visions. So where is the hope? What are we going to do about this? I mean, there's a demoralization in our society. And we see these things happening right before our eyes. And we know the previous generations have said, this is the worst time that there ever has been. How many remember that years ago? I mean, I think of my, my father-in-law. He goes, oh, this was, this was the, the worst time we've ever had. I mean, look at this. We're going to have credit cards with money on it. I mean, just all kind of stuff. I could go into a lot of different things. And, and he said it was the worst time. I mean, it was the end days. And even back when Jesus 
After Jesus was resurrected, the disciples were preaching. It was the end days. And I'm not denying the fact it's crazy, because it is. But we have a hope. We should not be discouraged. We should not be in fear. The next scripture here, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And this is the foundation of this message today for those of you who are keeping notes. Romans 15, verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That word abound means abundance. I need an abundance of hope today. I need an abundance of of God's comfort today. Because I don't know what the future holds, but yes, guess what? He does. He's got us in his hands. We were singing the song today. I love that song. He's carrying us. He's got us in the palm of his hands. See, hope is something that we need. When we lose it, we lose fulfillment in life. We lose our way. We lose our purpose in life. We don't, if if your hope gets attacked and you're discouraged, and you're in fear, or you're in worry all the time, guess what? Your, your hope and you're discouraged, your fear is, is winning in your life. And it's easy. I'm, I'm talking realistically. It's easy to give up hope when you're in the middle of a trial, a situation. It's easy to see when circumstances can overwhelm us from time to time. During the test of time is when you have to hold on to hope even more stronger. When everything is falling around you, if you are holding on to hope, you can still see that there is a future and something worthwhile to live for and to fight for. And really, the the whole purpose of this message is to encourage you that God is our hope. In God, we trust. In Him, we see our future. I don't know about you, but I've tried to fix my situation many a times, and it never works out good for me. Maybe you found a way. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's positive thinking. There's, uh, oh, I'm just going to be positive about this. You know, I, I've never done that. I've, I've tried to avoid situations. I've even tried to avoid something, and it never works out good for me. Usually because God's trying to teach me something, and that's just, maybe that's me, but hopefully he's trying to teach you something too. Amen. But we can't make it work on our own strength, our own ability, our own desires, our own power. We need the abounding hope that only comes from where? The God of hope to make it through a time like we're in today or to make it through times like you're facing in your life and your circumstances. And Jesus is that hope. I want to look at this scripture a little bit, or uh, I'm sorry, this next slide here about faith defined. So this is a little mathematical formula for you. How many of you like math? I don't like it, so I'm, I'm not a math guy. But I do like this. Faith plus trust equals hope. Faith, which is your belief plus trust, which is your confidence in something, gives you hope 
for the future. Isn't that good? How many of you need a hope for the future? How many of you know you have a hope for the future today? Faith plus trust equals hope. And as we already shared, you can see that if, there, if there's an attack against us, it's attack against our confidence in something or our faith in something. See, if you're having trub, trouble or struggle, struggling with hope, you need to go back to what this mathematical formula is saying because something in the, the plus here is missing. Either a faith, which is your foundational beliefs, or your trust in God that he's got this all in his hands. It's the same with any relationship, really, when you think about it. How about a marriage? How about a, how about a friendship? If you have a belief that you're in a good standing with someone, you trust them, you have confidence in them. And guess what? Then you have a hope for the future of that relationship. But guess what? When something happens and you, you break trust or you break confidence in, guess what happens? You don't have as much hope for that relationship anymore. And so what the enemy is doing today, I believe there's a spiritual thing that's going on, is he's trying to discourage us in our confidence in God that we have a hope. That he's going to have a good thing happen in, in our lives. Here's a little bit of a definition. Uh, the, the Greek word for hope means this, it's yakal, and it means to wait, to be patient. How many of you are tired of being patient? I don't want to be patient, God. I want you to move right now. Be patient. Have hope. It means to be pained, to stay, to tarry, to trust, and to wait. Not a popular definition for hope, I know. Hope is defined as a verb. This is what it means, to desire with expectation of obtaining something. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow what? Come on. Sick. Why is that? Because you need to see that God is going to come through this. But when we have hope deferred, like we're waiting forever, God, where are you? We lose hope. And it's our perception. It's not the fact that God is not coming through. It's our perception that's causing us to lose hope. Some words that mean the same as hope are trust, expectation, longing, dreams, optimism, being positive, amen, and desire. Of course, what is the opposite of hope is despair. When you don't have hope, it's just, oh, it's just doom and gloom. It's just, it's, it's the end of the world. It's, it's never going to be the same. It's, it's, it's always negative. There's not no positive, there's no positive reactions in it. But I like this next uh, paragraph I just want to read for you. It says, hope, trustful expectation, particularly with reference to the fulfillment of God's promises. See, biblical hope is different. Biblical hope is an anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. How many of you believe that today? God's got us. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what the political scheme is going on today. God's got us, and he's carrying us in the palm of his hands. 
More specifically, hope is the confidence of what God has done for us in the past, in the past, guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. That is an encouraging way to look at this, isn't it? Because I want to encourage you today. I want to build you up to be encouraged that when you leave here today, you're not looking at the situation that's going to be the next thing that breaks on the news tonight. Whatever it is, there's going to be something new happen. That's not a prophecy. That's just a fact. We know that's going to happen. And we got to have hope. The contrast to the world's definition of hope is this, a feeling that what is wanted or what is desired, I will get. Now, that's a, that's a selfish kind of hope. It's not the, that's, that's not the kind of hope we want. We want the hope of what God wants for us and his future he wants, we want for uh, this, us to have in our lives. I wanted to share this graphic. It's kind of another way of looking at the word hope. It means this. Hold on, pain ends. <laughs> How many of you would like to feel like that? Hold on, this pain will end. I don't know how it's going to end, but God, I know that you are going to control it, that it's going to end. Where is your hope? Because if you're discouraged, like I've been, and many times I've gone through this in my life, when I'm discouraged and I've lost hope, I've usually lost my confidence or my trust or my faith somewhere along the way. It's got skewed somewhere. Is it in the economy? Nope, you can't be in the economy. It can't be in the money, even though we say in God we trust on our money. That's not the truth. It can't be uh, an education. Do I believe in education? Do I believe going to college? Yes, absolutely. Go to college, pursue your life. But guess what? Your hope is not in your education. What about the government? I mean, I know this is a touchy subject nowadays, but what about the government? No, we can't put our hope and trust in the government. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sure, we have some programs that they have that we have to go through things, and the Bible does say that you're supposed to follow the laws of the land, all that. And I know there's a lot of things going on right now, but we can't trust in the government. We can't trust in the right governor to be elected. I don't care if a new one comes tomorrow. We can't trust in the right president. I know it's disappointing. I know we think that if we just get the right leader involved, whoever that is, whatever side of the spectrum you fall on, that he's going to answer all the questions we need. But guess what? That's not true. Because if you're putting hope in something that's other than God, it's going to fail you. John Calvin says it this way. He goes, the word hope I take for faith. And indeed hope is nothing else but the constancy of faith. The consistency, the continualness of standing and having done all to stand. Stand therefore. I know we're in Indiana, so we can say this and everybody will understand it, but in Indiana, they say stick around because the weather will what? Change. change. So we can see that change is going to be a constant in our, our world. Change is constant. It's never going to cease. It's never going to stop. 
And, you know, when you're younger, Brianna and the young kids, and, the, the, you know, it's like, okay, this is just, it's going to change. It's gonna, things are going to change. I mean, something's going to happen. But when you get older, like me and others in this auditorium here today, we know that the, there's one constant in life, and that is change. So we have to build on something that's solid. We have to build on the rock. Matthew chapter 7 says it like this. And many of you know this scripture. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a man who has built his house on the rock. And when the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. <clears throat> but verse 26 says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, it fell and great was its fall. This is the heart of the matter. What are we building on today? What are you building on today? See, our hope is directly connected to this because if you put an anchor in the sand and the storm comes, guess what? The boat is gonna get sucked right out to sea. It's not gonna stand. Where are we placing the anchor of our hope today? Is it in the, the world systems and the governments is it in a, the right person to get in charge? It can't be that, my friends. It can't be that. There's only one who has the hope. And that hope is Jesus. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our savior. Jobs, careers, marriages, money, better things. All those things are just things that are there they're important, but they can't take precedence over our relationship with Christ. They're good things, and sometimes what we do as humans, as, as our human nature, is we get good things out of priority. We put our career over God. We put our money over God. We put our wife, our husband over God. We, there's all kind of ways you can do it. Now, there's several types of biblical hope, and I'm going to read through these scriptures really quick. So if you've got a note, I'm taking utensil, or you want to write these down, please do so. I didn't put them on the scripture, on the overhead, I'm sorry. There is strength in hope. Psalms 31, 24. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. There's contentment in hope. You need some contentment today? Psalms 146.5 says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob, Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. There's encouragement in hope from the word. Psalms 42.5 says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. There's the, uh, some effects of having hope in our lives. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint. 
How many would like to not be disappointed anymore? Well, guess what? God's hope doesn't disappoint. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given, who has been given to us. And there is the last one here. There's life in hope, which is something I love because I like to be one that can, says and encourages people to encounter life. First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Those are some powerful scriptures to encourage yourself in hope. So how do we get through storms in life? How do we get through these things? How do we go through these seasons that we have happen in life? How many of you can say we're in a big season right now of, of, of life? Well, one thing I've learned is I can learn from others who've been there and been through it. There's a quote here by Helen Keller. I, how, how many of you know who Helen Keller is. Well, here's what she says. She goes, I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself, my God, my work, and my God. Through her difficulties in life, that's what she found. Man, I'd like to be there. I'd like to learn through the hardships of life. How many of you know this, this next guy here, uh, Nick Vojacek? Have you ever seen him before? Ministry Life Without Limbs. Kimberly and I got to meet him at a choir of the fire uh, convention several years ago and just a down-to-earth person, super sweet. And here's what he says. Put a go in front of disabled and it spells God is abled. He made something that looked like an impossibility be something of such a great ministry to people and encouragement. But there also is another person in our word, James chapter 1, verse 2. It says it like this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I used to hate this scripture. My wife said she loved it. I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't understand. How does she like this scripture? Count it all joy. Count it for fun. Count it for good to you. When you fall into some various stressful situation. No, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Ugh, patience, there's that word again, patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Man, that sounds, I, I, I wish that could just happen really quick, you know, but it doesn't. It happens over a lifetime. It happens over several months or years of perfecting and being perfected. Ugh. But hope is what gets us through the trials. Hope is what's going to get us through this season that we are in, in the world, in life. And we have a choice to make in the midst of the trial. Are we going to trust in the situation or are we going to trust in God more? Where's your meter at? 
Are you going to trust in God more? Faith plus trust equals hope. Are we going to go through it or are we going to try to go around it? You can't go around it. Let me just give you a short shortcut. You can't go around it. You have to go through it or you have to go over it. You can't go around it because that's what we try. The children of Israel did this for how long? 40 years and it did not work. What was it like a 12 mile, 12, 12 day journey or something that took 40 years or something like that? And they lost what? They lost their hope. They said, God, we're tired of eating this manna. Oh, we're so sick of it. You know, they lost their hope. And so guess what? They got discouraged. They got in despair. And so what did they do? They prolonged their time in the trial. I don't know about you, but I don't want to prolong my time in this trial. I'd like to get on with my life, whatever God has for me on the other side. Times of transition are so tough. And if you notice, they didn't get to escape going through it. When the Red Sea came, guess what? They had to walk through the Red Sea. They couldn't go around it. They had to walk through it. See, we can see that they lost discouragement because their hope is connected to your vision. Hope is connected to your vision. What are you seeing for your future? It's part of our senses, part of our sight, part of our feeling uh, of what we see coming. And when we see a glimpse of what is ahead, we can continue to hope for it. So what we need to be praying for is, God, give us a glimpse of what's on the other side of this struggle that we are facing today. Give us a glimpse. I, I, I like to tell stories on myself, so I'll, I'll tell one that uh, I, Kim will love really, really good about me, but if you ask her the true story, she'll give you the inside information. Um, I do not like to get lost. I hate it. I mean, it just makes me angry whenever I can't find my place where I'm going or something like this. And years ago, before we had phones like we have, they were flip phones or something, you know. And they, uh, we had a, there was an application that you had to go on to print your maps or directions that I'd used. This is, I mean, I, mean, I know they had maps and stuff like that before that even, but this was whenever they started doing MapQuest. Do you remember this? MapQuest. It was one of the biggest map programs at the time, you know. Of course, now you got it on your phone and it's GPS and everything else. But I, I printed directions to a place in Amish town, Ohio, an Amish country, Ohio, because we were going to go there for the weekend. And I printed this map out and it was so beautiful and it had the exact directions and how to follow it. And we get there and this thing takes me through some places. I'm like, I don't know where it's going. You know, that happens with GPS sometimes nowadays too. But anyhow, that's another story. And, and so we're going through these back country roads and I'm like are we there I mean where are we at you know and, and we're both looking at each other and, and and asking each other where are we at I mean I'm, I'm look I'm I'm following the map right to the T but we were lost we weren't we didn't have confidence in the map anymore we lost confidence in our map and so we, we finally find it and everything else but the point is is this when you don't have a, a, a direction of where you're going and you don't have confidence in the map, you get to be frustrated. There's a little despair that sets in, at least maybe more so in me. 
I, I get frustrated. I even get mad at my GPS today. I'm like, why did you take me this way? That was the stupidest route. Come on, how many of you can say that? Why did you take me around the corner to get there? You know what I mean? It's a, anyhow. And the point is, is we can get frustrated when we don't know where we're going. But guess who does? There's a God GPS. We need to tap into the GPS that God offers us today. Because guess what? It's got perfect vision. I don't. It's got perfect vision. And I'm, I'm challenging us today to see that. Today, as we close here with the, this part of the service, today, no matter what circumstances that you're facing, no matter what circumstances that we're facing, no matter what stress you feel from the world that is trying to discourage you today, there is hope. That hope is Jesus. He is our only hope. He is the only one that will take us through. He is the only one who understands everything that I don't. Psalms chapter 20 Verse 77, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Come on, people. It's time to step out of trusting in the people, the natural things in this world, and it's time to step into trusting God again. Because that is the only thing that's going to give us excitement. That's the only thing that's going to encourage me to keep fighting today. To keep pressing on. Jeremiah 29 11, and a very popular scripture. I'm going to close on this one today and, and then have the worship team come back up. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Come on. Let's stand up today and give him praise. Come on, church. It's time for us to stand back up in our rightful place as the people of God and love him and serve him and worship him for who he is. Stay focused. Don't lose hope. Keep your heart in the right place. Keep your heart for out of it flow all the issues of life. We have to keep our hearts right. I'm going to ask Linda to come up and let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church, let's pray. Lift your hands up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our God. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our futures. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're going to do in us and through us in this time that we face. Lord, we, we take our natural eyes off of this situation. And Father, we ask you to open up our spiritual eyes to see what you're doing, what your plan is, and how you're going to take us through from one side of the mountain to the other, through the Red Sea, on the other side, and we're going to receive your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.